Over 30 million lives depend on Lake Chad for survival. It has shrunk by over 90% since the 1960s due to unplanned irrigation and climate change. It is likely to disappear in the coming decades if we do not take immediate action. This has now grown into a multifaceted crisis. Lake Chad caught across the Sahel region, a region facing one of the world's worst humanitarian crises due to severe drought. Poverty, food insecurity and hunger are the result of this crisis. Experts blame the drought on the overuse of natural resources. Inevitably, women and girls are the hardest hit. Today, I talk with Adenike Oladusu. She is a climate justice activist and founder of I Lead Climate, a pan-African movement that carries out grassroots-based climate action. I discuss with her how she is connecting climate and conflict solutions to support women's rights and vice versa. I am Vincent Ede, and this is Making Waves. Imagine your only source of livelihood gradually fading away. Every day, there is less and less supply of resources to address basic needs. This might kick in the theory of survival of the fittest, a case where the strong ones survive while weak ones are left to die. Unfortunately, this is actually happening at Lake Chad. The United Nations has termed this crisis as one of the worst in the world. Lake Chad is home to 17.4 million people. However, it provides water to 30 million. It is blessed with rich aquatic and terrestrial biodiversity and comprises biosphere reserves, World Heritage and Ramsar sites, as well as wetlands of international conservation importance. For years, the lake is the source of drinking water, irrigation, fishing, livestock and economic activity for millions of people in the region. It is vital for indigenous, pastoral and farming communities in one of the world's poorest regions. Ever since the lake started drying up, conflict and forced migration have become a norm. Vulnerable populations like women and girls are more at the receiving end. Adenike Oladusun will tell us more about this. Adenike, we all know the realities of Lake Chad, but few came up with solutions. What motivated you to take up the course of Lake Chad and I Lead Climate? Thank you so much. I'm the founder of I Lead Climate that specializes in peace, security, equality in Africa, especially the Lake Chad region. Having seen how the climate change crisis has been affecting Africa, and now the threat of climate change is now in the form of security, conflict, violence. And this is prevalence in area in Africa and some of the most vulnerable regions in the world. So I started the Elite Climate to champion Pan-African issues that define us and how we could be part of the biggest solution in solving the defining issue of our time. And so basically trying to champion a green democracy because climate change 
could compromise our democracy due to our capacity to adapt or to mitigate. Since we are seeing the rise in migration, hunger, pandemic, and other crises that could affect human security, at the same time affect our environment. So secondly, trying to see how we could build a climate-smart generation through the involvement of youths, that is climate education. Thirdly, to see how we could also champion ecofeminism in trying to provide a gender-smart approach. And through all of this, we have created platforms such as the YouTube channel, the Ecofeminist channel. We also have a website, www.womenandcrisis.com or eliteclimateaction.org. So all of these platforms, and you could also check us on our social media, um, Lead Climate on Twitter, on um, Facebook, you could also check us at Lead Climate. And so we have created a platform to which we leverage our activism on in videos, in outreach and different ways. And before the end of this month, we'll also be having an outreach through the support from Amos Trust as a fellow to carry out activities for women to improve their rights, to give them access to control resources. Because these are one of the solutions that we are bringing on board, that if women could have access to resources, it could be a game changer towards seeing the fact that we are out of food insecurity, zero poverty, hunger. So you could see even the World Bank gave a figure that if women could have access compared to men to resources, that it could have improved productivity, it could have reduced the number of hungry people. Over the last five years, there's been an upward trend in the rise in hunger, in part due to climate change and conflict. Tell us, Adenike, how does climate change bring about conflict and then hunger? In the Lake Chad area? Very well. Um, Lake Chad is shrinking, it has shrunk by 90% due to climatic factors. And all of these factors interplay in the sense that it affects the livelihoods of the millions of people. Figures have it that over 14 million people depend on this lake from Nigeria, New Jersey, Cameroon, and Chad itself. And so since this lake is shrinking, it's affecting the livelihood options of the earthmen, the farmers, and the fishermen, of which there clashes a lot due to unhealthy competition. Everyone wants to protect the boundary due to limited resources. And so resource control have been leading to conflict in this region and the rise of violence, whereby people that are displaced or uh, that have eroded of their um, livelihood, their livelihood have been eroded away. It leads to the rise of violence. It makes them vulnerable to join armed group of people. This makes them to become perpetrators of violence in their community because maybe probably those non-state armed group, probably they are providing them favorable conditions to join them due to the fact that they have lost their livelihood. And that is why I said that the loss of livelihoods is a powerful weapon against our peace and security. Livelihoods now matters in everything. And so once people lose their livelihoods, these are the situation that we see in the Lake Chad. The rise of armed group of people, such as Boko Haram and the rest, that are affecting the region, expanding their boundaries and the rest. And so we need to fight against it because shrinking lake 
we also have different drinking lakes. We have the Colorado River. We have different lakes that are threatened by the climate change crisis. Formerly, the Lake Chad is known as the Mega Lake. But now it has shrunk lesser than its original size. You know, then it was the biggest fresh water that we have in the world. But now it has shrunk to its 10th percent. So we need to act now. If we don't act now and Lake Chad eventually dry out, then it becomes a total disaster. And I don't want us to get to that point that it reaches a total disaster when we are going to act because it is tied to so many things. Restoring Lake Chad it could help to revive people's livelihoods. Secondly, protect our democracy. Thirdly, improve the right of women and girls because due to the fact that it's shrinking, women and girls are displaced, leading to fish for sex, you know, um, transitional sex, leading to um, child brides. In the Sahel alone, we have over 20 million child brides, having the largest number of child brides in the world because people are using their girl child as a survival strategy, you know, to keep the family going. And it shouldn't be a financial tool. So a girl child shouldn't be a financial tool. She should be able to give them all what they need for us to be able to, you know, to become a game changer in our society. How would you rate the response of both government and the NGOs to this situation? Yeah, everybody has a responsibility to take it, championing the climate action. But most of the, the body is rest on the government, the ability for them to be able to provide all the necessary things the citizen needs for them to have a sustainable, peaceful living, you know, the inability of government to be able to react or to act on all of these crises is what have led us to this crisis currently that we are seeing around the globe. We are not uh, making our commitment to become a reality. It's all promises upon promises for every conference that we attend. So if we keep making promises, how do we save the environment from destructions? We have beautiful promises, beautiful commitments, but how about making those things a reality? So the body more rest on the government, the ability to provide the necessary actions that are needed, the capacity for the citizen to, to adapt to the climate impact, you know, providing different initiatives, providing different support so that it could stem the ability of people to become vulnerable, to join any group of armed group that could affect the country's ability to adapt to any situation. And also looking at the NGO aspects too, they are there to support the government, to re-echo their efforts, to also bring to the forefront issues that defies us collectively, call for actions, and also where we are supported or funded is to also try to amplify initiatives that could also help communities or country as a whole to become stabilized. And so there are different roles that each individual plays to see that we are able to solve the defining issue of our time. Let's talk about women and girls, those affected by the shrinking lake chant. You once said in an interview before with Next Blue that the northern part of Nigeria is the most affected by the shrinking lake chant, with women and girls at the forefront of this. How does it affect the daily lives of women and girls within the area? Yeah, 
sure. Definitely. Women and girls bear the brunt of the climate change crisis. And this is part of the reason why. Because women doesn't have access to control resources compared to our male counterparts. Thirdly, the time constraint that women use to search for resources such as water, firewood, trekking kilometers sometimes to another community to search for all of these resources affects their economic gain, their self-empowerment, affects their health at the same time. And even in the Lake Chad region, we are seeing it, that women have to trek kilometers. Sometimes they get sexually abused in the process of trying to look for other resources that they need. At the same time, it could lead to the dropout of girl child because they need to walk to some extent in different areas in the Lake Chad. To some extent, especially um, in countries that um, that borders the Lake Chad, like in Nigeria. Um, Burunu and Yubi. To some extent, you see young girls walking around, you know, as a survival strategy for the uh, family. So in the process, they become dropped out of school or they become sexually abused or they are married earlier, uh, below the legal age of getting married. So all of these issues compile together. It affects the right of women and girls. To rewrite this narrative of conflict that has obviously deprived women and girls justice, do these women and girls have any particular role to play in restoring Lake Chad and in extension peace within the area? Okay, yeah, um, everyone has a role to play. It's already defined the issue of our time. Be it a try to restore our shrinking planetary spaces or try to improve the right of our society and the rest. And that is why we need more women on board. Everyone have a role to play. So that is why we are advocating for women and girls that if there are no child brides, it could have been a great thing. You know, that is why we are advocating for it. The lesser we have child brides, you know, the more it helps to improve our society because such child, once it's educated, it can become an educator. It can become a technician, a solar uh, expert, a political uh, analyst. It can become a doctor, a teacher. Uh, it can become a secretary general. You know, the, such girl child can become a peace builder in their society. A girl child has no limit towards being educated or towards becoming a game changer. Can you share with us some of the activities and programs you have carried out with women and girls in the area? Um, some of the activities the Elite Climate have carried out. Uh, this year, we'll, we have had a 30 days of activism that started from February 8th to March 8th, bringing different women, showing the resilience of women in climate actions. So we had from different voices around the world trying to speak out as change makers, their different initiatives. So they are all on our YouTube channel, the Ecofeminist channel. And also you could also find the written article on our website, eliteclimateaction.org. So those are one of the major activities we've carried out. And also the um, access to organic fertilizer we give to rural women in communities that are not able to get those resources that they need to improve productivity. And one of the 
um, outcomes we got from the initiative was that it empowers over 200 women in the community. And one of those outcomes we got is the fact that there was improvement in their productivity. Secondly, it improved women's financial status or their control power or their bargaining power or their financial status, which we want to achieve so that where women have um, bargaining power or improved financial status, it reduced vulnerability what does your organization, I Lead Climate, need to improve the rights of women and the Lake Child area? Yeah, sure. We need um, support and grants and reform, you know, to see that we are able to carry out different activities in the region to see that we are able to, you know, be able to carry out our different initiatives that we have or that we are championing and to also bring new ones on board that could help to solve the defined issue of our time. Because solving the climate change crisis, everyone needs to be involved. And if there is no um, climate finance, climate action could, cannot be completed. We'll not be able to carry out our activities as expected in advocating, in bringing up different initiatives that could help women and girls in the region. So the more we are empowered, the more we are able to do more in solving the climate change crisis. And so an empowered initiative or organization is an organization that will be able to solve different issues, carry out different activities. So basically, the elite climate action needs different support in building our capacity for us to be able to build the community capacity in different forms that could help to transform our community towards sustainability, reduce their vulnerability for women and girls in the Chad region and different communities that have been affected by the climate change crisis. Not many will think that by improving the position of women, one could not only address climate change, but also societal issues like gender-based violence. That's what makes activists like Oladosu so special. Well, many thanks to Adenike Oladosu for sharing her thoughts today. Making Waves is a Next Blue production, and our editors today were Yupiansen, Namrata Acharya, and Dennis Wonder. My name is Vincent Ede. To learn more about NextBlue, visit our website at next.blue. You can also follow our journey on all our social media platforms. Drop us a line. Our handle is at NextBlue Stories.